Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he knows damage, it's Arturo Zurita. Thank you, Zach. And the future, because this year, out of all of them, we've always been talking about TV movies becoming one. Uh, I mean, everyone's watching their TV and their movies after TV, so it really has become one to a lot of people. Uh, and look, hey, in this list, we're going to have so many movie stars that are now TV stars. Whether it's a miniseries, whether it's a movies, I mean, they practically become one, but... Uh, of course, we had to get the best it, of the it's best all the to same. come in. Everybody's just stars now. Literally, at this point. So, we had to bring one of our own all the way from London, then to New York, then to LA, <laughs> back home to Canada. The world traveler herself. She took the Red Cross babysitter training class twice. It's Amanda the Jedi. Thanks for joining us, Amanda. Thanks, as always, for having me. Yeah. Of course. It's been a little too long. I mean, we we did just do an hour and a half long podcast, like right before we rec- hit record yeah. on this one. But it's been too long aside yeah, from that. Long. And uh, thankfully, we're going to see a lot of each other, I think, in uh, the next month or so. Let's and, hope. And maybe, maybe, maybe beyond that. We'll, we'll, we will figure out. We will get into all of that. But first, let's talk about the best movies. Or excuse me. Best TV. We already see. Movies. What's the difference? Best you know, TV <laughs> of 2021. It is the end of the year. It's actually 2022 when you're watching this. Although we're still stuck in 2021, and we are still stuck talking about the TV. We could not stop watching. In trying to fit everything in, there are some things that got left out, though. So let's start off with what are the TV shows that you're a bit upset about not getting the chance catch amanda what did you miss that you uh you know you would have liked um i don't know if i would know for sure i i missed scenes from a marriage so i hear that's good didn't get a chance to catch up on that you guys have been talking a lot about station 11 haven't had a chance to go through that we'll talk about it a little bit i'm sure there's something else i feel like ted lasso didn't watch the new season of ted lasso so i'm you know there's just there's a lot of little things i just haven't caught up on you know so it's so hard to keep up with TV because, like, every every station, every station, every streaming service has like <laughs> ten the worth watching on the a year. It's yeah, basically it's way too getting much. back to that though. Like, have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, that would yeah, be uh, one of the reasons why I'm missing one of my favorite ones, or the one that I have most anticipated, and that's because I don't have AMC Plus at the moment, and you know how they like to dupe you on Prime, being like, it's on Prime through the AMC <laughs> channel. Uh, yeah. That'd be North Water for me. That's probably my my one that I definitely wanted to sit down and enjoy, but I, I, was, <laughs> I needed it to wrap up, and then I just didn't get the time to do it, and honestly, there's always like one show a year. Last year was worth it for... Uh, uh, was it Gangs? Um, the one that uh, Gangs of London, the, oh, yeah. the director from Raid did. This year would have been Northwater. I'm sorry, AMC, but I'm not gonna give you my money for one show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Northwater is another one that I missed. Uh, I was curious about that one. I've heard some really good things. Uh, I've also heard really good things about uh, We Are Lady Parts mm. on Peacock. Another one. That that's a show that I I just didn't get the time to catch that one. Uh, Art told me good things about Midnight Mass, told me good things about Lupin, told me good things about Physical as well. Mm-hmm. All, all three of those shows are ones that I, I had on my list at some point but did not find the time for. I caught the pilot of Lupin, though, and that, that one was really good. But, yeah, it's just – it's TV, you know? You have to – it's not like a movie where you have, like, a just one sit-down with it. you got to 
dedicate maybe a few different nights to it or mm-hmm. a week or so to it. It's mm-hmm. it's hard to get through all that TV, though there was a lot of really good TV this year. I feel like with all the delays to production that happened once uh, the COVID lockdown started in 2020, it gave all these shows time to ruminate, time to reassess. And t- 2021 just became packed, plus with new streamers like Paramount Plus and Apple, you know, even Apple TV Plus being relatively new, Hulu trying to expand, Netflix always doing its thing. There's just like, there's always more TV than ever, but maybe now more than ever. There's just too, too much TV mm-hmm. to uh, wrap your arms around it fully. I mean, you got TV series on Shudder, Showtime, Stars, HBO, <laughs> Prime, Disney, Hulu, Netflix. And that doesn't even stop. Tubi Originals now. Tubi Yellowstone's still playing over on uh, Basic Cable or whatever it's on. So it's never going to end. Yeah. Uh, we'll see which series end up or which channels rather or streamers end up with the most shows on our list. I'll keep track as we go along. But we want to talk about some of the shows that maybe are best of the year material, but they haven't wrapped up that first season yet, so we're, we don't quite feel ready to throw them on the list. Maybe they'll end up higher once they get through all their episodes. Maybe they'll not really be worthy of the, the top ten of the year once they wrap up. But they are shows that have really riveted us, at least so far, and... I've been really excited to bring this one up, man. Uh, Art, please tell me what you think about Yellow Jackets on Showtime. I have been loving this show. I think it's a fantastic Mm -hmm. show. This would be in my top ten, but this is one where it's definitely depending on the story, where it goes, uh, how it wraps things up. But I have been loving uh, just a thriller that's done in two perspectives of the survivors of this crash where that involves a uh, soccer team uh, seeing their past selves and then seeing their future selves. Which ones are there? Which ones are not? What are the intricacies between the relationships? What are they hiding, not just from the public, but what are they hiding from each other? I think it is uh, beautifully paced, and uh, I've been enjoying every second of it. Um, and I've been watching it on a weekly basis. To me, if I'm, I don't know, that to me is a thumbs up. If I'm watching a show on a weekly basis, what, be- what better uh, endorsement can I give it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Amanda, are you watching that one too? Yeah, I started it uh, right after you guys. I, so many people recommended it when I was asking like what their favorite shows of the year were. So I was surprised this one's not actually done because people were just like mm-hmm. so yeah. many people. It's probably because it's still going. So you got like the recency bias. But like I, this is like last year, my mom wanted to watch The Wild. So I watched that with her. And this year I'm watching Yellow Jackets with her. And this is like the more like intense, like Pretty Little Liars done right version of The Wilds, <laughs> I guess. Like... <laughs> It's a bit also very different at the same time, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like really good, really great performances. Um, I think they because. did a really good job picking like the younger and older versions of characters. Like oh, they really yeah. line up I don't really know if well. It's, if it's the casting or the costuming, but they are so perfect matched mm-hmm. to their adult counterparts. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's in some ways obviously has a lot of the lost influence but i think yeah. in some ways it's a little bit less obvious too art you mentioned how it kind of has that going back and forward in time and and the past pre- uh, affecting the future kind of stuff and there is like a little bit of a sci-fi thing that's developing so far on the show mm-hmm. so i think there are a lot of those lost uh, th- those echoes of a show like lost i don't know if you did the same thing i did but like 
influenced by the whole Oceanic Six thing, I'm I'm thinking, okay, they haven't shown that girl's adult counter. Oh, oh, I've been doing that. I'm like, they haven't shown that, that bitch dead. <laughs> yeah, is she dead? Yeah. Are they have, are they going to introduce exactly. somebody in episode nine? Exactly. We'll see. I, I it's a show that's exciting. Part of what's so exciting about it is the the feeling that it could go anywhere next, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's part of why I don't want to put it on uh, the list quite yet, but it, it's High totally worthy. Mm-hmm. Another show that I think would definitely make my list, it might even be near the top of my list once I get to watch all of it, is Station Eleven on HBO Max. A, delay, a show that went through some pandemic delays and has its weird uh, overlap with, with COVID, although it's you know one of those shows that, again, went into production before and feels a whole lot different afterward. This one comes... <clears throat> with a few episodes directed by Hiro Murai, who yes, sir. may be the most talented director working in television right now between this and his work on Atlanta. It's mm-hmm. also a uh, show run by a guy named Patrick Somerville, who has done a lot of really good work. He he's, uh, was on The Leftovers with Damon Lindelof. He show ran Maniac on Netflix and then more recently Made for Love, also on HBO Max, which oh, really? I like quite a bit. Did not make my best of the 2021 list, but uh, it was an honorable mention. Yeah, and, and then, you know, I think there's just... It's one of those shows where, like, the cast just feels so perfect. Like, I, I'm going to know all of these actors after this. You know, not just Mackenzie Davis, who I've, I've, I'm a... It's self-parody at this point to talk about <laughs> how much I love Mackenzie Davis. But that that very first episode with Hamesh Patel mm-hmm. is unreal and makes me just in love with him as an actor. Uh, both the first and third episodes are maybe two of the best like single episodes of television I feel like I've seen all year. Um, Art, I, I know you caught some of it, maybe not as much as I have. I've seen the five that are out. What do you think of Station Eleven so far? Uh, i only seen the first episode. Again, I agree with you. Really good performances. I love that it's shot in Chicago. That's how I immediately realized, I was like, they shot this beforehand because some of those buildings are no longer there after the pandemic. Damn. I don't know where it goes but I know you were telling me that it kind of like, you know, you're not just flashing forward into the future of whatever event ends up occurring. But there's like a... It's jumping around a yeah, little Yeah, there's bit. a bunch of characters that I thought were supposed to be in it that have not appeared yet who appear on the poster. So I, I don't know too much on it, yeah. but if it's a Hero Mirai thing, I am all in for it. And uh, I know it wraps up in the beginning of next year, if I'm not mistaken. So we should have all wrapped up by yeah. Sundance. Yeah. Uh, that I will say just another thing in that show's favor is it's a show where I feel immediately present Mm -hmm. in it. You know, I don't, I feel like it does a really good job of communicating the humanity and the, the situation of the characters and how they're dealing with that moment. So uh, it, it, I'm so, um, I'm so immediately emotionally involved with it. I'm, I really like this show. I'm excited to talk about it with you more once it does wrap up. Uh, But we should talk a little bit about this year's lists. Uh, I don't know if you guys felt any themes. I I asked this when (laughs) we did the movies, and that feels like it's a little bit more clear. But TV's all over the place. You know, did you go more comedy heavy? Did you go more drama heavy? Uh, What ultimately made up your your top 10? Amanda, what do do you think? What's the theme of your list this year? I don't know if there's a theme. I I would say comedy seems to be a little bit more present, at least to some extent, even if it's like... You needed to laugh. Yeah, I did. Even if some of it's kind of like, oh, fuck, we're fucked type laughing. But like, <laughs> it's I got I think I got a pretty good mix. I tried to do a mix. I always try, with TV, I try to go like off the rails from you guys. So like I've got stuff that's like good for like teenagers, good for adults. Like we're we got a nice little blend here. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What about you, Art? Even split, bro. Five comedies, five dramas. One of the dramas, kind of a comedy. 
But one of the dramas, That's, so yeah. dark, I think it sucks out the comedy, bro. So <laughs> it's a pretty yeah, even exactly. split. Pretty even split. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So in a little bit, we will get into those top 10 lists. But first, make sure you're subscribed to the Intercut Podcast, either the video podcast on YouTube.com slash IntercutPod or the audio podcast available on most podcatchers. Also, follow Intercut on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We are at IntercutPod. That's at IntercutPod. And that's short for podcast. Also, we are IntercutPod on Patreon, where you can support the show for as little as $1 per month. And also, also, be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. When you do, it makes me happier when than when good shows get picked up for more seasons. You know, let's let's that's one thing that I'll give Amazon credit for. I was thinking about this recently. Amazon, amongst all the streamers, seems to be the one that is happiest to entertain like a season six of Bosch or something like that. <laughs> Too much, bro. It's not Netflix where it's three and done. They will yeah. let a show ride out. You don't you don't hear them uh, canceling stuff too early. If anything, you're just like that's still going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're doing a Bosch spinoff. <laughs> oh my goodness, so good for them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, let's get into our top ten lists. Art, why don't you kick us off with your number ten? <sighs> this was one that I was. Um, it's it's kind of tied, so I'm gonna have to save one of these um, as an honorable mention later on. Because maybe it's the recency bias. Maybe it's just that it's culminating in its final season, which would be Insecure Season 5. I have been a fan of this show since it began. This is one that I tune in on a weekly basis. In fact, out of a lot of the screeners that we get, some I let sit there. I made sure I was on top of it for this one because I did not want Twitter (laughs) spoiling it for me. And while it is an ending that had a lot of people split, I was rooting for the ending that they were going for. Insecure, if you don't know, run by Issa Rae. It's the story of this woman who's, you know, trying to make it in this organization she's trying to build, being able to host block parties and whatnot. But it's also obviously all of her friendship drama, her relationship drama. And it's cultivated into five seasons that I think are going to be fun to revisit. It's, these are characters that I enjoyed watching. It's a lot of different scenarios, a lot of different artists that they bring in as well. Um, what I really liked about this final season wasn't just, uh, you know, the peak of what they're hitting. But I liked seeing Natasha Rothwell, who plays Kelly in the show who I think is one of the funniest ones uh she actually directed an episode and there's a lot of like extra improv that's done in that episode that created some of the lines that Alina and I have been quoting a lot but overall I would highly recommend for people to go check out Insecure um again uh right it's gonna be split for a lot of people in the ending (laughs) I personally am not a big fan of those shows that kind of like how I met your mother uh end up culminating like years worth at the end in the final couple of episodes you know you can't fight that but it it also kind of does a smart thing where it's kind of like um, it's using that narrative device to kind of show you what happens to the friendships along the way and the way that they meet. So I will give it that. Um, but yeah, definitely check out. Yeah, sometimes you can't resist, but like want, I think the creators really want to let you know everything's going to be okay yeah. for the people you love so much. It's just like in between, you're like, damn, this is a whole season. This is a couple episodes between you. <laughs> but overall, yeah. Insecure, definitely put it on your radar if you've never caught up. Right. Yeah, uh, cool that Issa was able to to do that run and and really stay on top of her game and that show has like like, like stayed beloved by by its fan base. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit behind on Insecure, but yeah, great show. Glad that you got to include it here. Amanda, what do you have at number ten? This is one of those ones I don't even know 
if it should be on my top 10, but I'm going to mention it because it was just like, I had such a good time binging this show. I'm going Cruel Summer. <laughs> right. So I caught like, they, they they played like the first handful of episodes of this at South by Southwest this year. I noticed that Kevin Smith's daughter was in it. So I was like, sure, why not? <laughs> it's just this like, again, kind of feels like a Pretty Little Liars type thing where it's like teenagers being like the fucking worst, but it's it's told in a really interesting way and in that it's like three years apart and you get different flashes from each three years. Um, this girl goes missing and the character that we were originally following, who is just this like super nerdy girl, essentially like takes over her life. She becomes the popular girl. She starts dating her boyfriend and just kind of like moves her way up this social ladder. And then it kind of seems that like, was she involved in it? Was she not involved in it? Like, what's going on? So it's got, like, and there's a big fun reveal type thing at the end. So there's, like, another season coming down the pipeline. So it's just one of those ones that, like, it's fun. It's easy to watch. It's addictive. And I think they're doing something kind of interesting with it compared to a lot of those other teen uh, dramas. So, yeah, Cruel Summer. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, probably the only appearance we'll get from Freeform on, on this list. It is Freeform, I've heard yeah. it's, it's a really fun show. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. It's especially if you like kind of like any kind of like young adult or like teen coming of age stuff, like mm-hmm. right up your alley. Very cool. At number 10, I was kind of between a couple different shows, but I figure you guys have some of the ones that I wanted to mention covered. So I will put season two of Mythic Quest, Quest Raven's Banquet, the yes. Rob McElhenney headed show for Apple TV Plus, maybe my favorite workplace sitcom right now and i think i've talked about this before but it's just such a such a uh rewarding format to kind of be in to to stay in a workplace and have these different characters and week by week you get to see different matchings and different pair-ups and uh the way that this really gifted comedic actor can bounce off of that comedic actor they got the casting really really done right on this show everybody who's there brings a different type of pitch and i think you just end up with all these really fun uh interactions between these really lovable characters i've i've really enjoyed seeing them grow i've really see- enjoyed seeing uh the comedy develop and uh the, the story the the relationships sort of hem and ho- uh, like ebb and flow it, it's probably my favorite just like hangout comedy of the last year. So let's go with Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet. I gotta catch that. It seems like it would be really up your alley. I'm surprised you have it. I know. It's Apple I don't have Apple TV, so I've really gotta go out of my way. So I should just get Apple TV. <laughs> Alright, uh Art, let's go to your number nine. Uh, it'd be Mythic Quest season two. Very, very, very Wait. good show. <laughs> it's in the same position oh, yeah. when I had it uh, halfway through. I'm I'm looking at the episodes from this season. I want to say grouchy quote would be I, there's a specific episode in this one where they have to go uh, and one of the interns is stuck with the main guy and like mm-hmm. they have this whole talk about like well you have to understand how difficult it is for women in the workforce to have an opportunity and he's like this is your opportunity this is your elevator <laughs> you have episodes like that mm-hmm. along with breaking bread which was an incredible episode and, you know, just the back and forth that he's having with his brother. I, I don't know the actor's name on top of my head. I'm going to try to pull him up right here. He absolutely kills his performance because uh, the brother comes in and he's supposed to play like, his name is Parvesh China. 
He plays Zach, yeah. Brad's brother, and he absolutely kills his performance because you know he's malicious, but you kind of fall for his damn charm. Police Sign Here was a fantastic episode, and yet none of those were the, the best one. Backstory, which looks back at uh, yeah. the writers like coming up and how he became, um, you know, not just uh, well, the well, the effort Murray Abraham yeah. character, which they they have what's his face Big Head from Silicon Valley. <laughs> which come on, uh, yeah, no, that episode was fantastic because it takes it back not just to his history but like what got him to be there, and I thought it was a, a very well directed episode there. Um, that also kind of uses I, I want to say there was another one that they had probably in season one that also kind of did that in terms of uh, how Poppy. And uh, why am I blinking on the main guy's name from uh... Uh, Rob McElhinney? I forget his character's um, name because he says it weird. Ian, because it's, it's supposed to be Ian. Yeah, Ian. Yeah, Ian. Uh, and like their relationship and how they got there uh, alongside the previous couple who kind of also owned the uh, building. I don't know. Overall, it's just a funny show. I love rewatching some of the bits. Sometimes this is the show that I'll put on in the background, even though I've already seen it. Uh, it's like I don't have to pay too much attention to it because I've already seen the episode and I could just catch the funny bits. Fantastic show, Amanda. Yeah. Once you put it, once you I get Apple TV, if you're able to, this is going to be in your top time. Yeah. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it it will be worth it just for this. I really think this is going to be a show that resonates. Yeah, yeah okay. Cool. Didn't want to believe the hype, like, but it was it's dope, dude. Because <laughs> I went on my way for Dickinson, like I can get Mythic Quest, which brings me to my number nine. Dickinson. Yeah. It's it's the Apple TV Plus portion <laughs> of the program. <laughs> we're at right now. Um, yeah, I, as I mentioned before, it was on my list last year with season one. It is a sh- show that is set during the life of Emily Dickinson, but they give it a very interesting modern twist. Emily Dickinson is played by Haley Steinfeld. For all of you Stein stands out there, of which I'm there's sure there's many. Yeah, there's a lot. But uh, it's got a lot of, like, really interesting interpretations of what her poetry would have been and how it would have related to her life. Uh, But then they'll just, I don't know, they'll just say things as if it's, like, modern day, but then it's still all set and dressed and choreographed like it's, like, that era. Uh, I I don't know if season two is as good as season one, but I think by the end it really kind of, like, comes back around. So I'm really excited to see where it goes from here, and it's just still a delight to watch. So I'm keeping track so far, and Apple TV Plus is getting out to an early lead. Good for them. So, yeah, Tim Cook is gonna have more more uh, more accolades for his for his uh, collection, I guess at this point. All right, Dickinson. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to actually catch up with that because I've I've only seen I think the first episode from the first season, but I I thought it was really ex- interesting and a exciting like interpretation mm-hmm. of all that. Yeah. I just haven't had the time to invest into that one That's specifically. Fair. So. Cool. I'm glad that you gave it a mention here. My number nine is one that I have a feeling is going to come up later, so I'll just mention it. The White Lotus on HBO. Uh, We'll talk about that at some point, I think. Art, what's your number eight? Add one to HBO, bro. Another one to HBO, technically. Scenes from a Marriage. Ingmar Mm. Bergman's, uh, well, the adaptation of his original um, by Haggai Levy. He has done, like, a bunch of stuff. Over on Showtime, he created The Affair. He, uh, yeah, it was his adaptation of In Treatment that HBO took. Uh, I never was able to finish Our Boys, but that was another one that got a lot of hype that's over on HBO Mm. and absolutely killed it with this one. Uh, Jessica Chastain, Oscar Isaac, they have not been together, I believe, since A Most Violent Year. To me, Mm. that is 
top tier performances from them both and they kill it in this one uh it is maybe one of those where you don't want to watch it ever again maybe even dread watching it the first time but uh, i think it is uh, essential viewing for both of these actors they absolutely demolish their roles and it, like it gets into a lot of the intricacies of uh, you know the ups and downs of what happens within a relationship and really for oscar isaac man you have to watch it for oscar isaac so scenes from a marriage five episodes over on hbo awesome yeah, that's one that I want to catch up with. Just the the power of those two actors seems like it would be so much. That's great. Uh, and they are so good together in A Most Violent Year. I think they have known each other since their Juilliard days. So really? That, oh, that explains yeah, a lot then. If anything ever happens to the boy Jessica Chastain, we'll be there defending him on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Strongly worded letter. Amanda, what is your number eight? Uh, this might be a recency bias, but I just had such a blast with it even though it's very simple and i don't know hawkeye i'm going for it i really enjoyed it i don't know what it is again another Haley steinfeld one but i don't know it was very christmassy it got me into the christmas vibes uh the last episode would just have moments where i'd be like being like oh we're like laughing out loud at something i really liked yelena being back um and like the dynamic between her character and Haley steinfeld's character kate bishop i don't know it was just fun it was really nice Bishop. It was just, it was fun. It was simple. It's not doing anything massive in the grand scheme of things, but I walked away feeling better about it than I did Spider Man. So, <laughs> I liked Hawkeye. Hawkeye was very fun to me. It's like yeah. yes, it's very simple, but they do a lot of cool things that remind you, like yo, the MCU can be fun. It could still have its emotional yeah. arch to it, but unlike like a lot of the other shows that try to do a lot, be it you know narratively speaking and all the politics of the winter or the soldier one with Falcon, uh, yeah. or even with all the complexities of WandaVision, like this one just knew, hey, this is a dude who's been through it all. Should have gotten his movie. Yeah. He's got his TV show, and this is how you pass a baton, in my opinion, mm-hmm. while still honoring the legacy of one of the og avengers and i I think Haley does a great job in it me too i I feel you're gonna finish the trifecta for Haley. uh shit what's her third you'll see if you mention it fuck i'm not gonna i don't think (laughs) oh wait oh maybe Uh anyways keep going keep going maybe (laughs) (laughs) i tapped out on the the disney plus marvel shows well that's not surprising just because there's yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of them this year. And that's year. not your shit, uh, so like... Yeah, but I I think Art was also trying to get me to watch this one, too. It's the, it was uh, my most anticipated, and I, I think yeah. you would at least yeah. enjoy this one a bit more than the other stuff, dude. Yeah, so I'll I'll have to catch up with it. Zach, I was, stop, I was stop, giving Zach, Loki stop, another shot. Stop. I'm going to pitch it to you right now. There is a scene that is uh, Children of Men, because it's a long take in a car chase. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's Children of Men. They ask the directors that. The directors go, well, we were actually inspired by Waves. What's up? All right. All right. I'll, give, I'll give Hawkeye a shot. I can give Hawkeye a shot. <laughs> Still thinking about it. My, my number eight is a comedy that I think really took a step up in its second season. And that is the other two. The uh, HBO Max show. The uh, very funny show about a pair of siblings trying to make it in the entertainment industry who are who often play second fiddle to the other members of their family mm-hmm. where whether it's their younger brother or their newly minted famous talk show mom 
I think there's a lot of shows that try to enter, like send up the entertainment industry, and I think what's really good about the other two is that they focus on the like humiliating aspects of it, the like the the indignities that some people put themselves through for that shot at fame, and, and uh, you know they get they get a lot of the appeal and also the like humiliating nature of trying to do, like go into that type of narcissistic pursuit. And they're not afraid to kind of make themselves look silly and, and, and kind of like bad people in different points mm-hmm. in the show. There is like this heart to the, to the uh, program that I really love. Like, I think there's this one episode in which the, uh, uh, the Drew Tarver character and his boyfriend are trying to uh, show a couple from out of town that uh, it's okay to be gay in New York. And meanwhile, they have no idea that this couple is like way more open than they are. Oh and just the, the pathos that it lands Bro, in I, yes. is one of these like it's, – it's so – like that – this silly show that has hilarious jokes in it can land in this actually touching place. It, it, it shows how they've really – I think one up themselves in a lot of ways with the second season. Um, it's it, it's the kind of like they've figured out what this show yes. is that makes me think they can sustain several years of this. So if you're just looking for like a, a show with big laughs, a, a a real like a a really well written comedy with good characters, stick with the other two, and I think you'll it will win you over at some point. It's very very delightful. It was a big honorable mention for me. Honestly, if I could yeah. sneak it in, I would sneak it in. Uh, to me, the best episodes from season two would have been the church one. I think that's season two. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the, the 30 under 30 episode I thought was great. Um, definitely check yeah. it out. I See, that's a show where I love that they're assholes. And, and they don't sugarcoat yes. it. Yes. You know? What's it's a great on? show. HBO. That is on HBO oh, Max. Okay. Hell yeah. yeah. So the other two is my number eight. Let's go to arts number seven. HBO again, Mayor of Easttown, a show where I still disagree with Mayor of Easttown. I she should you know, <laughs> spoil it, but all that time, Mayor, and it could have been something else. I really loved her performance in this. I think it is a very tight story. I can't remember. This isn't based off anything, right? Because I, I believe it was just no. I don't think so. No. So uh, just overall, yeah. I think all of the performances all around. This will be the first of the Gene Smart performances that I'll be giving accolades to. But this is one that you need to go in fresh because some of the people who I know were watching it were kind of spoiled on some of the stuff that happens. And I was like, nah, this is a show that does a really good job at, like, keeping you at the edge of your seat in terms of, like, the crime yeah. thriller aspect of trying to figure out what's going on in the small town. Yeah. And I know she came out and said that she was very surprised about how people were, like, seeing her appearance in the row. And I was like, eh, that's kind of like what y'all promoted the most. And you did a great job at it because this really gets Pennsylvania, dude. This really gets Pennsylvania down. And, uh, yeah, it's a fantastic show. Mary Beast time. I think that Kate Winslet in this role is the TV performance of the year. Like, she is just so transcendent mm-hmm. and is she does so much. You talk about the twists and turns of the case, and I think so much of it is solidified by how she is handling it, reacting to yep. it, processing it. There's a moment in that final episode when she finally figures it all out, and it, it it's not the thing she wants to happen. And she, he, you see all of that in one look. Mm-hmm. And it's the kind of thing that there's may- maybe like 10 actors on the planet who could do that. Yep. And they got one of mm-hmm. them. Uh, so I left this as my 11th 
because I wow. I figured somebody would okay. mention it. It's great. Yeah. It it you know, it it anything could fight for a spot. But I see what you mean. I kept it's, it's a really, really I kept great trying show. to shoosh it, shoosh it out, and it, it just it wouldn't yeah. leave. You know, so yeah, I have to go to that. Nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And all the same things. I think my biggest issue is that like kind of like when it's all said and done it is a little bit more basic than than it kind of seems like it's going to be in a lot of ways but it yeah. really is just driven mm-hmm. by those performances uh, especially mm-hmm. Kate's performance um i think once it kind of gets down into its conclusion it might lose a little bit of steam until it gets into like the actual conclusion um but mm-hmm. uh yeah really really great all around yeah awesome cool uh glad we all liked mayor of east town that's arts number seven. So number uh, Amanda, seven. let's get your number seven. Betty. Which yes. I, okay. I'm glad one yeah, of us mentioned it. I forgot. I keep forgetting that that second season was this year. I was positive it was last year. It's um, great. I don't yeah. know. Betty. They came out close. Yeah, it is. So that's another HBO show. Really, it's, it's based off of uh, Skate Kitchen, uh, the yep. movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's like a group of girl skaters and their lives and like the different things that they do and just trying to like stake out their place in a world that's like really dominated by dudes and it's uh just the different things different characters go through which ones are good which ones are kind of like kind of shitty at times uh it's really good it's just a very lived in it's a very lived in Mm -hmm. show uh i definitely recommend it even if you have no interest in skateboarding or anything like that it's just really great performances uh and it's probably one of the more unique shows that you could you could catch out with like an all-female cast like this so yeah definitely worth it one of the best hangs. Yeah, on that's TV, yeah, that's the I thing. It's like. the hangs. Yeah, yeah. Like the plots are never really that involved, no. and it's not like it, you know, oh, what what's gonna happen on next week's episode? But no. it's just a a really fun time with a group of characters who who feel like they'd hang out together too. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think they canceled that one unfortunately, and it's such a shame. Oh, I thought I feel it got like, confirmed for third season. God damn. I yeah, it's just a show that would be. I, I would love to see the way that it grows and yeah. and, and takes different forms because oh, they also yeah. did a really cool thing this year where the Kurt character ended up on uh, crutches for a while and yeah. that sort of affected how her character was. Yeah. I, it, it's such a cool show. Shouts to Crystal Moselle. I'm really curious to see whatever she does next. Yeah, same. All right, my number seven. Gonna give a little shout out to Hulu and Only Murders in the Building, a show that I thought was really delightful, not in small part thanks to its excellent cast. Steve Martin, just a national treasure. How can you not find him just charming and hilarious? Martin Short, also just so funny in the in any part that he gets a chance to like really you know lean in and, and, and do some crazy line deliveries. I think they're both so good. Selena Gomez I think also holds her own with them and is able to provide an interesting kind of counterbalance to to this group dynamic. It, it, it's I'm there really to be entertained by the comedy, but I found myself kind of pulled in by this murder mystery too. I think it's just satisfying enough that you kind of you're, you're motivated to click that next episode and you really want to find out what happens next. I just found myself really, really enjoying uh, my time with it. it. It's the breeziest half hour that I got every every uh, half hour that I watched it, you know, that week. I, I really enjoyed it. I am very excited that it's not just going to be a one and done and they're coming back for season two, too. So, yeah, only murders in the building I got at number seven. I think we're at arts number six. 
uh, Cooking with Selena Gomez. I'm, no, I'm just kidding, bro. Uh, <laughs> I have How To with John Wilson over on HBO. Yes. Love the first season. One of my most uh, highly recommended ones. And this season, if you don't know, pretty much John Wilson, documentarian, goes about, really, he is talking about his life, but he compares it with all of the footage he's able to capture in New York City. Bunch of B-roll, because I guess it's legal in New York City. I will say this season does kind of As long as you don't have a tripod. As Really? Okay. That's the Hmm. the law in uh, New York. I'm going to get my negative first, and then I'm going to talk about nothing but praise. I do feel this season is is kind of like uh, folding in on the facade a little bit, just in the terms of, like, one, you're led to believe he captures it all, but I kind of feel like the credits spoil it and let you know that he's got a whole team that goes and captures it. Obviously, I expect it to, but there's kind of like a novelty that wears off with it, like is it like a YouTuber in a set that's meant to look like their <laughs> living room, but it's not really their living room type thing. Yeah. Nonetheless, this season probably has... How to find a spot, I think, maybe in my top three John Wilson episodes. It's an all-timer. But then he'll do things in random episodes like how to throw your batteries. And you think he's talking about batteries and then randomly starts talking about an aspect of the human condition, I guess, if you want to call that, uh, and what we do to certain people. I know a lot of people were really big mm-hmm. fans of the most recent one about dreams, which was fantastic. It, I don't know. I, I would highly recommend season one. I think season two is still coming out with some of the <laughs> the wine one has one of the craziest endings that you just don't expect to happen. <laughs> and he's doing a really good thing in being able to bring back uh, elements of a previous episode into a new one, be it just a, a really mm-hmm. quick gag or I personally feel like you're going to have characters who are going to return later on and probably yeah. return a favor mm-hmm. or be something bigger. So. How to I mean, it's, it's like the thing with the landlady where, where it's like you're building the, the John Wilson universe. Yes, almost. yes, exactly. Yeah. I actually have John Wilson, the second season, at my number five. I, I think Decent. it's such a delightful, unique show. It, you know, it feels rare to have something that totally feels like nobody has ever done something quite like it before for TV. Um, and, and he's just so impressive in the way he's able to mar- marry that narration with these clips in such funny ways, subversive ways. Um, but I think what ultimately is the show's secret weapon is how quickly and deftly they're able to shift from a hilarious profile of some eccentric weirdo into like a very emotional moment of, of like Sneaks vulnerability and connection. Yeah. It, yeah. You're never, I don't think I'm ever really ready for it to happen. And then it does. And it's like, it's just very powerfully human and make, makes you feel like a deeper connection to our species. Yes. And then it goes back to being just silly and hilarious. The avatar the bit minutes. in this last one was like, <laughs> yes, uncalled for bro. It, it made me kind of excited for avatar. You, you oh, think wow, he's going to be making fun of these people who like gather to talk about avatar. And then they hit you with this long take of a dude venting. And you're like, I almost wanted to learn Navi, bro. What the, <laughs> like what? <laughs> It's crazy. Oh, well, only John could do that. Yeah. Yeah. So shouts to How To With John Wilson. It's a very special show. I think we're at Amanda's number we six. Are, uh, what We Do In The Shadows, season three. Is this still as good? This is one of my honorable mentions. Awesome. I'm still just having a blast with this show. It's so fun. I'm just a big... I love the movie. I'm, I've been a fan of like the first two seasons of the show. It's just... It's just good. 
if you're into that kind of comedy, that kind of like mockumentary, um, like mm-hmm. slightly absurd, because it is literally just kind of like it's a documentary about like vampires and other supernatural creatures and stuff, and sometimes occasionally in random office settings and just different things like that. It's just it, it, it's it's just delightful, and every season just still stays just as strong. It hasn't really faded out yet, in my opinion. Uh, I, nice. It's one of those ones that I'll pop on like rewatch while working on things, so it's fun. Yeah. Decent. Yeah. Is does this have a case that they're the funniest cast on TV? I think like top to bottom, I think these so. are just they're so fucking funny. Like Matt Berry is un it's like supernaturally funny. That dude's voice is just <laughs> yeah. such a weapon. Yeah, I, I would have to say so. I would just say, especially for like ensemble yeah. cast, like obviously you have a lot of like the sketch comedy type stuff where you have a lot of funny people. But this is just like an entire cast where like no one really feels like they're necessarily being overshadowed by other people. Like everybody gets their moments to shine. It's fun. Big fan. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. What we do in the shadows. Uh, my number six is It's a Sin, the Channel 4 and HBO Max mini series. You know, it's a little bit of a hard sell, I think, in the uh, quick description of it because it's it's largely about the AIDS epidemic. And, and I think you, you hear many series about the AIDS epidemic and you, you get a picture in your head of something that's, um, you know, very powerful maybe, but also just like leans on the emotion and is maybe just more sad than you want to, than you want to like willingly go into, right? Like that, it sounds like a hard ask. But what I want to say about It's a Sin is I think it's a show that's so full of life and so propulsive, so so kind of winning in the moments where it's about what it's like to be a young person and finding like, like-minded like young people mm-hmm. that I think it gives a show that should be very weighty a little bit of lightness. Absolutely. I think, you know... It, it's so like it's it's so winning and and beautiful for about like forty minutes, and then it kind of hits you with some stuff at every, in every episode. But it's it's enough, it's it's bright enough that I don't think it's a chore. I don't think it's a it's a it's homework to watch this. I think it's really valuable. It's got some excellent performances. I really really loved Ali Alexander in the late in the lead of the show. Um, I hope more people catch up with it because I feel like it's. It's not shown up on a, enough top ten lists, and it's a, I do it's a really stunning it. miniseries. It's really good. Um, I only left it off my list because I assumed you were actually going to talk about it, so it's in my my honorable mentions. But I, I always just kind of cool. feel like Rent walked, so it's a sin could run because it just I feel like it balances that better than Rent did. Yeah, um, that levity with like how serious the situation was. So yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you kind of like almost are envious for a life that they they could have had i don't know yeah it's beautiful Mm -hmm. all right so that is about our halfway point but i do want to take a second to thank those wonderful patreon patrons who are supporting the intercut podcast they are jessica connor tim cademan garrett ewan tushar and of course the producer level patron himself Awkward. Thank nice. you again for supporting the show. And a reminder that you too can become a member of the Intercuties at patreon.com slash intercutpod, where you can sign up for patron benefits like early access to intercut episode outlines, access to private channels on the intercut discord, and an inf- invitation to our monthly patron Google meetings. Art, what's your favorite part of being in the uh, intercut patron gang? What, what do you think is like the the best part of signing up to support the show. Yelling about movies. 
<laughs> arguing. Yeah. Twitter discussions, they're not yeah. fun. You need to have that one-on-one mm-hmm. with people. But the best part yeah. is mm-hmm. that you, you're still cool at the end of it because that's the worst part about a Twitter discussion yeah. is you all, you're not fighting to have a discussion. Zach and I love to, to argue and disagree on stuff, but then at the end of the day, you go back to normal. And I think that's one of the best discussions uh, that we're able to have when you're actually face-to-face is to just go at each other and then at the end of it know that we're here to talk about movies because there's a bunch of people you could talk movies with out online but it's not gonna end well <laughs> i'll put it to you that way so yeah i love how vigorous the discussions can get that we can disagree for as little as one dollar a month you can challenge us on our bad <laughs> takes in a google meeting brave men that's a ten dollar charge from me that's <laughs> <laughs> It's a good deal. <laughs> it's a very good deal. <laughs> All right. All right. Get us back into the list with your number five. Sticking to HBO, Jean Smart killed it in the role that she deserved yes. all the award praise. I'd say Hannah also uh, mm-hmm. deserves a bunch of the praise. This is from a team that worked a lot on um, Broad City Hacks. Absolutely fantastic. I love the story. I love mm-hmm. the characters. I think it's hilarious. I love the look at comedy that it has. Obviously, it is very specific to female comedians, but just comedy as a whole, the art of it, of stand-up, I think it really gets into it, and it's uh, just two fantastic performances um, between these characters and uh, being at completely different points of their lives and the way that they feed off of each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't recommend it enough. This was in our halfway list, and it has remained at the top since, so... Only one other HBO show beats this, which is insane to me. That would make it my second favorite (laughs) HBO show of the year. And uh, I'm looking forward to season two. Wow. Wow. Yeah, uh, I decided to leave Hacks off of my list uh, because I figured that you would get it. Same. First of all, I mean, I I love Hacks. I'm not trying to argue that it doesn't deserve a place in the top ten. There's a lot of really good shows this year. For sure. The thing also about Hacks is I am so confident they're going to come back and kill that second season. Like that second season is probably going to be like maybe even top five for me. So we'll see where that show goes. Uh, It it is wonderful. I I just love hanging out in that world with them. Um, And and they've done such a good job of creating characters that you're already like heavily invested in right like i I just i already really i'm excited for when they're gonna like bring in some of those side characters and develop a little bit more because even Mm -hmm. just those little glimpses of them you can tell they're already fully fleshed yeah like toothpaste guy (laughs) so good exactly all right okay amanda was my five was yeah my five was mayor of east town so don't really have anything to add Um, don't want to say too much about it because if you haven't seen it you should just go watch it exactly and my number five was how to with john wilson (laughs) so uh let's circle back to art for your number four where y'all got invincible three i then i'll wait i had invincible at number 10 until i realized you were both gonna have it so i I left it in the honorable mention okay we'll talk about it when amanda brings it up cool so my number four Is White Lotus? Where's it fall for you, Zach? I had it at uh, number nine. Oh, yeah, you already earlier, had it. So did we can you... talk about it now. Right. Yeah. What did I think you talked about at number nine? Either way, White Lotus. Super good. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, it's, everybody sucks. It's very, <laughs> even the music playing through it is just so tense as you're listening to it, mm-hmm. as it's like weaving around. And, uh, 
I, I just like how it ends in a way that somebody, some people could be like, oh, you know, like, good for him. But then at the end, it's kind of like, nope, that's just, that's just another layer of rich people doing rich people things that only rich people can do <laughs> in scenarios with people in their culture. Not saying I wouldn't also want to do that, though. So, you know, it's a struggle. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the thing that is really great about that show is that uh, the characters are all kind of like they do bad things, yeah. but I think they're not necessarily meant to be bad people. You know, they're like, like there, caricatures there's enough depth of what to them. They, yeah, of like what they represent, basically. Exactly. Like, they're, I think one of the things is Mike White isn't going to do it as simplistic as being like these guys are bad it's like it's complicated and these are the bad habits that they buy into that they're they're maybe not even aware of i think i think it's a show that's a little bit deeper than like uh you know these are the villains and these are the good guys oh yeah um you know i think there's something also about just the experience of watching that show like it's something that i may be underrated when i was watching it is the unanswered question of the uh, who's in the who's in the casket? At the oh beginning. yeah, yeah. Because it kind of sets it up it, at a point just, where you think it could be one person, and then you're just constantly kind of like watching it go through until, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like it's really not that important to what's actually happening, no. but it it gives you this other lingering question that kind of involves you a little bit more in the show on a week to week basis. So I, I think there's just a lot of very smart TV writing there, and. It, he's kind of found a really great idea. It's kind of like knives out where it's just like, yeah. this is cool. Let's just do this again, but mix up some of the players. And uh, we're getting a white Lotus Lotus season two, supposedly soon too. So I'm going to be curious to see how he decides to revisit that. Yeah. Are you a little more mixed on white Lotus? No, but I think it's fun. Definitely inspired <laughs> yeah. by the people he hangs out with. That's what I would say. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely inspired by a lot of Twitter conversations. And yeah, a lot of Twitter conversations, for sure. Yeah. But oh, no, it's a pretty it good show. Sure. Yeah. All right, my number four, I suspect, is going to be a little bit higher on Art's list. I have the Underground Railroad here. So let's go to Art's number three. Martin Scorsese directed seven episodes, if you want to even call it directed. He hung out with his friend <laughs> he hung and yeah. put it up on Netflix, his friend being friend Lebowitz, and they just talk and talk and talk and pretend it's a city. Uh, I think it is one of the funniest, uh, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. It's three hours long, right? That's practically a Martin Scorsese movie as well. Uh, and it's just them talking. Some are skits, like Spike Lee will come in to do like a pretend late night talk show host where they argue about sports. Spike was right, by the way, uh, in that instance. And it's, it's really cool just to see them go back and forth. Uh, they have this really cool miniature of New York that they walk around upon. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's also like a really interesting look at New York City and all the changes that happen for someone who's been there for the longest time and has seen these changes come and go and laughs and scoffs at any, you know, new things that are going to be appearing. Uh, but it's also just great to see marty just chuckle like he chuckles there are points where they yeah. he gets caught so off guard and he's just like you can't hear the person speaking because he's too busy laughing uh, he's cackling practically yeah i love the show it, it has remained in my top since then and i would highly recommend it over on netflix very delightful show kind of weird to place it because it's also like not a narrative and and not exactly a documentary exactly. either it's a commentary mm-hmm. show but she her commentary is so exciting and funny and and it's also just funny to get to see her hanging out with these 
other famous people we love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's speaking of shows that are just good hangouts, that's a great hangout. Mm-hmm. Cool. So let's go to Amanda's number three. Invincible. Let's go. Yeah. Big fan of the comic book and the show did not disappoint. They made just the right amount of changes to kind of keep things engaged and kind of move them around in the right way. And then a couple of the changes just made things way more brutal. Like one of the big concerns with something like this is that like it's not going to carry over that like sheer violence from the comic book. They're going to try to like tame it down. And they were like. No, let's just have homie hold somebody's head in a subway. Like, let's just go. It's great. Um, it's great. Really great voice acting performances. Uh, like, good use of music. Uh, just really, really solid, solid look. And I know a lot of people were trying to compare it to The Boys, but I feel like it's it's very different to The Boys. The Boys is like what would happen if superheroes were in the real world. And, like, Invincible is just kind of like a more brutal Spider-Man story, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah. do you prefer? Depends on my mood. Depends what I'm looking for. You know what I mean? I, I would say Invincible is probably more solid from start to finish, but there's just moments in the boys that just like hit the right way. Just things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, depends on my mood. How about you? Uh, I think, well, you got two seasons for one, but right now, I'm, depending on how they do Invincible, I think I'm leaning a little bit more on Invincible. I had a, yeah, we had sure. a big gripe at the beginning on the animation, and then I... I don't know, kind of just yeah, looked don't. past that. It did not affect me yeah. at all. I think the voice acting mm-hmm. is decent, and I, I just love the brutality of it that I think you can yeah. only do in something like this. Uh, it was fantastic. And I know they're working on a feature as well, so I'm really happy that they I also did I keep thinking that they canceled. I keep thinking that they canceled the feature because like, that was what I, it was supposed to be original. Then they went to the show maybe well. because the show is so successful that they're like, No yeah, reason sure. to have two thing going on. Yeah. When have multiverses ever worked? Come on now. Invincible on Prime. Yeah, that's a show that I'm I'm excited to uh, see it return mm-hmm. and see them continue to just expand on all the really interesting ideas they threw in. I mean, uh, they, they've hinted at a whole bunch of like ways for this to go. Oh and yeah, this I'm, I'm sure comics you both go. know <laughs> oh, from know. reading the comics. Yes, there's sir. a whole there's a lot, lot left on the bone. Yes. So yeah, that that's a show that I'm looking forward to. Hopefully, several seasons of. I think they've already picked it up for two more at Good. least. Yeah. I think we are at my number three which is maybe the newest show. Actually, you, you put Hawkeye on there, so uh, mine's a little less new than that, but it's also Disney+. Plus, and maybe it's not a show. Turner and who? Uh, it's directed by Peter Jackson, oh. who, who tends to do bigger things, but uh, it's the, the eight hours of The Beatles Get Back on Disney+. Plus. Sorry to be a boomer <laughs> about this, but The Beatles are a very important rock band. <laughs> I'm I'm not even like a like a Beatles guy. I like I think they're good and I do think they're important, but I do I just think there's something really cool about getting to to be in the room with them and and see things develop, see how it was like to to work on things and and to to progress. And there's something about watching them play uh watching them play the same song 50 times that just gives you a new understanding of of how they were able to write all these amazing iconic songs true uh not to mention it's just like illuminating to see this as this side of their personality one of the things that's so fascinating is kind of to think about how they are aware or maybe not aware of the camera like i kind of feel like paul is really trying to show like the best side of himself and that he's the leader and then john's trying to make fun of the whole thing and ringo just doesn't care because he's ringo and he just keeps doing his thing yeah, it's a it's a very really very very interesting 
uh, documentary that only uh, invites diving further into the material and, and pulling it apart. I, I liked it a lot. I've ran it back already, even though it is very long. It's, it's a show that I'm, or, or it's documentary, I guess, that I'm looking forward to just kind of having on in the background the way that I've, I've done with some episodes of the last dance, because it's also cool to just kind of be in that mood and, and be <laughs> among those people. Agreed. I liked it a lot. So the Beatles get back at number three. Oh, nice. Yeah. Right, let's get into our top twos. Art, start us off. I'm wondering if y'all have it. Succession season three. I have this one at number one. Same. And I have the Underground Railroad as my number one. So which <laughs> do you right. want to talk about first? So, uh, uh, why don't you talk about the Underground Railroad? Okay. Uh, I think that Barry Jenkins went in, did everything that he was supposed to do. Uh, I have not finished reading the book, but I immediately went out and bought the book uh, in order to really mm-hmm. read it and compare it to the story um, that you're seeing. I really love the aspect of being able to have it on a streaming service, so some episodes can be way shorter than others, and thus you're following it from whatever mm-hmm. perspective, or specifically, I think they were naming it off of whatever stop they were, whatever state they were. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it has two of the best performances of the year. I don't think it got enough recognition, even from its own streaming service. No. And I think it was, again, yeah. I am one who, as much as I want to scold a streaming service for not pushing something, it's there, it is hosted, it is streamable in 4K, and I think it is some of the best stuff that Barry Jenkins has uh, filmed. You could see his heart in it all the way. I think it is essential viewing, yeah. in my opinion. I don't think that it is going to be mm-hmm. something that you're going to put on a Saturday night, but I think it's something that... Um, Everyone should watch because it gets into the intricacies of that time period, even with its fantastical element, because obviously there is no underground railroad. That is just a narrative device that is used within the story. And I definitely think people should have it on the radar. And it's my favorite of the year. It is a incredible piece of media. Um, I mentioned with It's a Sin how it's really heavy material, but it, it's made a little bit lighter. I don't know if I would say the same thing for the Underground Railroad. Like it, it's heavy and it is all like a, lo- a large portion of it is heavy, but there is like this painterly quality to the way that Barry is assembling these scenes. They, they are just so gorgeous, and the way the way that they'll linger on certain faces is so um, it just brings you into the emotion. It's so evocative. Mm-hmm. I I've I think a lot of times with histor historical dramas there's a distance because you're so we, we don't know what it was like to live in that time period. We don't know what it was like to wear the, that style of clothes, but because of the way that I think you can read an actor's face, he, the way he'll center the, them on the, on the camera and really let you look into their eyes. I, you, you do feel all that emotion. You do feel very present and there despite you know, be, being so distant from mm-hmm. that time and that, that experience. It's, it's an amazing, amazing uh, piece of work and almost hard. It almost feels wrong to put it on a ranked list because it's just this, it's like beyond this, that. Yeah. This unreal piece of mm-hmm. work. It's yeah. one that I'll be revisiting in the future for sure. Yeah. I still haven't finished it. So <laughs> not in like a disrespectful way, it's, but it's, 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 it's heavy. It's really heavy. So I kind of have to like, I just haven't, that's yeah. the other thing, too, the the fact that they just dumped it as a binge when this is literally something that would have yeah. uh, progressed a lot more. And it's not like Prime isn't doing that for other series. Uh, yeah. This one definitely would have serviced itself better in a weekly model where people would have had discussions since that's kind of the point of the show. So mm-hmm. 
that that'd be my biggest gripe with Prime. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think they they were really relying on the awards bodies to kind of do their job marketing. That's it not how that them. works, but yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and and now it's kind of feels like it's been overlooked a bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get to Amanda's number two. It's a a big turn. I'm assuming. It's a big turn. Um, it's it is theoretically a look at trauma, but not real trauma. So I will not ever compare it to Underground Railroad. It's Wandavision. <laughs> Oh my gosh, bro. My AirPod fell out. I don't even know. This top 10 list, I don't even know if this is the order these should be going in. I'm just, you know, we're vibing. I'm like, I I know I really loved WandaVision, but it's been so long now that I'm just like, it's here. Look, it has its problems. I thought it was a really interesting... I thought it was a really interesting flip for the MCU that they were willing to, like, at least mostly commit to this, like, quirky fucking idea of, like, going through different eras and, like, you know, waiting at least until the end before there was people flying through the skies. (laughs) And, yeah, I will say that when people start flying through the skies, it loses a little bit of steam, but then it pulls it all back around. Like, just the moment where, like, everything's fading away from this, like, reality she's created in her, like, pain and misery and just, like, a trauma response, literally. Uh, And then, you know, you think she's kind of comes through the other end, and then you get your post credit scene where she's like, but actually, I might be able to fix this. I don't know. I had a really good time with WandaVision. I really didn't expect myself to, like, the shows much at all. And as of right now, like, Mm -hmm. between WandaVision and Hawkeye, I've enjoyed those two shows more than like any of the movies that came out this year for for marvel so i don't know it's not perfect but uh, i had a really good time with it it was one of those ones that i could get a lot of like emotional resonance from when i was talking about it again for my own video so yeah this number two we're going for it i'm curious that I, I, what you mentioned at the end there that you feel like you enjoyed their tv shows more than their movies do, do you feel like there's a momentum shift in the MCU and maybe they're putting almost too much focus or it kind of feels like maybe it's a little temporary thing while they, they reset some deck chairs. I'm sure it's just like, I didn't fucks with Eternals. Eternals is the only one that it goes the other way. I'm like, that needed to be a television show. I don't give a shit Mm -hmm. about any of these people except for like two of them. And it's, you know, (laughs) Shang-Chi was actually really good. I actually did really enjoy that way more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. yeah, that had a good buddy vibe with Aquafina. Yeah, I think that was my favorite Marvel movie. It was, I think so too. Like, like right? Spider Man has its moment. Yeah, like Spider Man has its moments, but again, it's mm-hmm. like this. This is fan service just to get this version of Spider Man to a base point that they want to work off of right now. I guess. Um, yeah. If some Aunt of it almost May feels like it's just getting w- so big. Just a couple if- different things. <laughs> If Emily would have said, what is grief but love persevering, then Amanda would have given it a yes. 10 out of 10. I would have. I would have been like, yeah, exactly. 10 out of 10. But, ugh, responsibilities. <laughs> no, I, yeah. <laughs> just fuck the same thing again, man. Fuck. And, like, Spider-Man's not bad. It's just kind of like, I don't know. It's just one of those ones that the more people are like, this is a 10 out of 10 movie. I'm just kind of like, you're all insane. But it's... <laughs> um, <laughs> So I don't know. I guess the shows kind of give you a little bit more of a lived-in feel because even Loki, when it gets to the end, and I'm like, mm-hmm. this is just now existential dread. I don't want to deal with this. So I don't know. There's something about Wanda in Hawkeye. 
Yeah. That's the other thing that I wanted to ask you about. I was actually a little surprised to not see Loki on your list. I feel like that might be the wide... That or WandaVision is the number one choice for... Uh, the MCU uh, this WandaVision year. WandaVision has the most but, stands, like the most vocal stands. Yeah. And then I think Loki They're rooting for the, the characters. For like the, yeah. And I get that. Fuck. So good. Um, I don't know. Loki is really good up until, a, I don't know. It's just it gets to the end and I'm just kind of like, oh, God, I don't. I don't know how I feel anymore. I don't like yeah. this. Um, I don't know. And then like <laughs> Hawkeye is like the opposite. It's kind of like you could just erase this and it probably wouldn't ever matter in the grand scheme of the MCU and I like that <laughs> I like that mm -hmm. and I like looks at trauma in fictional characters so WandaVision's right up my alley <laughs> you know so that's me yeah I, I as I mentioned haven't had a chance to watch all the MCU shows this year but I think Art has of the four which is your favorite uh, Hawkeye not including what if yeah, it would be Hawkeye. Yeah, Hawkeye. WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, or Hawkeye. 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 Falcon. Okay. The Kang scene in Loki. <laughs> yeah. And then WandaVision. I don't hate WandaVision. I just. No, that's fair. Man, even that Doctor Strange trailer. My, they mine is Modok. Oh, mine is Modok, yeah, for sure. Uh, no, I kind of have Loki and WandaVision in the, in the same thing. I, I I think that Loki has a better moment, whereas WandaVision, I think, is more, I guess if you want to call it consistent. I just, whatever, whatever problems I have with WandaVision, I mean, we'll see how they answer it in the multiverse of madness. I think she gets a slap on the wrist. I think <laughs> Shang-Chi's dad did the fine. same thing, it's and he gone. Fine. But, yeah. It's fine. All right, my number two is the show that maybe brought me the most joy in 2021. It is I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. Fair, fair. I just think it is all so funny and so uh, uniquely him in this, like, stubborn kind of comedy that these characters take on. Like, I, I think it was once described... I, I think it was once described as uh, the humor of refusing to admit you're wrong. And it, it just cracks me up again and again. It's just easily the funniest sketch comedy that I've seen in, in years. So I think you should leave is, is my choice for number two. Hell yeah. But then we get to the honorable mentions. Ooh. Art, I know you said you didn't have too many this year. Uh, Art, what, what are the movies, or excuse me, the shows that just missed out? Uh, Reservation Dogs over on Hulu, produced by uh, Taika Waititi, Taika. you know, just to get two of his shows mentioned on this list. I think it's a really oh, yeah. good uh, cast of characters, just this young group of kids who are trying to save enough money to hit the road and get out of there, but uh, they mm -hmm. realize not only that it's a lot more difficult, but they uh, end up connecting a lot to their roots there and their indigenous uh, ancestors that live there in, in some of the trippiest ways possible. Um, may take a yeah. while to get into it, but yeah, it's, I don't know, I, re I really fell in love with the characters, love their lingo, love the way that they interact with each other, yeah. and I'm curious to see them in more projects as well. I, I really liked the layer of melancholy that they layered uh, in, in throughout the season, that the these are all kids who are experiencing different forms of trauma yep. too, but it's it's funny. 
Exactly. That's the only way. You, all he could do is laugh at it. Uh, some of the other ones that we had, I know we had to mention Yellow Jackets. I'm gonna, I'm gonna add it since it is a TV special. It is how it's pitched for the Emmys. Bo Burnham's Inside. I really did enjoy it. It was in my halfway of the list. Yeah. Um, I know that he's had a whole push with it, and I also just want to mention that because you know I did not get to put Zach Stone is going to be famous, and that is now on Netflix for people to actually stream. And if you haven't, yeah. do so. <laughs> it is incredible. Uh, Bo, Bo Burnham's best. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how to classify Bo Burnham's inside, but whatever list it's eligible for, it, it's probably near the top, if not number one. Well, well, Hamilton beat it because Hamilton is a recorded TV special, Zach. Uh, <laughs> neither here nor there. Can't get you out of my head. The documentary series that I had halfway through my list, I'm still missing episode Adam five Curtis. because, um, well, they deleted that off YouTube. So now i got to find a way to get the VPN on BBC. But crazy series. I don't know how else to describe it other than it's like it unravels itself in the craziest way possible by connecting some random event that happened, you know, centuries ago to something that's currently happening in a manufacturing uh, uh, factory but mm-hmm. uh definitely put that on your radar if you're it's interested in something crazy it's like dizzying in the connections it makes but it's clearly done by somebody who has like spent a lot of time mm-hmm. thinking these 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 through mm-hmm. and to a certain point they're not even trying to connect the dots for you they're trying to connect like the emotions of it. it's like do you see the waves of yeah. history repeating itself uh one that i had yeah. on my halfway list physical this again mm. between insecure and that maybe if I would have given a rewatch to physical maybe in a little bit insecure does stay in a rewatch but physical got booted right off it would be my number eleven <laughs> that is the Apple TV uh, series with Rose Byrne right if I'm not mistaken I'm hoping I'm getting her name right mm-hmm. uh, she kills it in this show uh, Violet was one of our favorite movies as well from some of the festivals that came out and this is like that the series and where she's thinking everything through in her head uh, and I thought that she killed it in her performance and she becomes this fitness trainer with a lot more training that she needs to do mentally because that's that's the weakest aspect of her. But I, I she killed this performance. I'm surprised she didn't get a lot of recognition for uh, for her role in that. But yeah, it's it's another one of those shows that I kind of think just slipped through the cracks. Uh, maybe a casualty of being on Apple Apple TV Plus. I guess, but very good show. Those would be my my honorable mentions. Cool, Amanda. Do you have any honorable mentions? Yeah. Um, Hellbound, I thought was really good. Um, I'd catch that, yeah. I caught, yeah, I caught that at TIFF. So definitely kind of, some people aren't liking it so much, but we're checking out if you're, if you're into, um, kind of like Japanese or Korean, um, television shows, uh, kind of more like the sci-fi, not sci-fi, but like horror sci-fi, I guess. Um, Sex Education Season yeah. 3, definitely not as good as the previous two seasons, which is why it didn't make my top 10 I think it's kind of falling victim to like they've introduced characters that they don't know necessarily know how to deal with. So there's it's just too wide now. They're dealing with too many characters mm-hmm. and not letting the central cast really shine. Um, still very good though, very enjoyable, quick binge. Um, Shadow and Bone, uh, which I enjoyed way more than I thought I was going to, based off of the books Decent. of the same name. They did a really good job blending the Shadow and Bone series, which I think is not as interesting, with the Six of Crows series, which I thought was way more interesting. So it's kind of like a Six of Crows prequel, and then the first Shadow and Bone book adapted into a series. The Crows themselves are like some of my favorite characters. I'm I'm a big, I like heist stuff, so they're very fun. Uh, Feel Good Season 2, really quick to binge comedy show on Netflix um, with somebody who's kind of like, it's a Canadian living in England dealing with a relationship, but also kind of like cycling, um, um, kind of going back into addiction and trying to get clean. 
Dopesick, which is just about the actual uh, painkiller epidemic in the world. Finish that one. Oxycodone. It's good. Very good. And Arcane, which I'm actually surprised didn't end up on the top 10, just because my top 10 is very fucking weird. But uh, Arcane. <laughs> and very full of Haley very Steinfeld. Very unusually full of Haley Steinfeld, because I am not a Haley. I don't dislike her. I'm just not a Steinfeld stan. But Arcane's super good. Arcane kind of has a vibe in terms of like the animation style, very similar to what Spider-Verse was or Mitchells versus the Machines. It's just it's just doing a lot of unique things with how it's telling its story through the animation style. This is something that's tied to the League of Legends game, but you don't need to have ever touched League of Legends to enjoy this. And they really could have just made some kind of like half-baked series for League of Legends fans, but it, they put a lot of care and attention into this. If anything, it goes a little bit too wide because it is supposed to be focusing mostly on two character dynamics, but they're just giving you the wide view of a bunch of different characters. I thought it was a, a really good interesting look at this society and the class warfare and different thing in there and a really, really compelling villain. So those are, those are my honorable mentions. Decent. Awesome. Bunch of really good shows. The honorable mentions. I have a lot of them got mentioned. Mayor, Mayor of Easttown, Invincible, What We Do in the Shadows, Hacks, all really good shows. Oh, Re- Reservation Dogs, another one of my honorable mentions. I also have Search Party Season 4, a show that I am consistently awed and impressed by how they choose to reinvent themselves and find new surfaces to these deeply troubled characters. Mm. Like everybody on this show needs so much therapy, but uh, Alia Shawkat, I think is giving one of the deeply underrated TV performances of the past few years with, uh, with her character Dory here. I think it's coming back in the beginning of January for its fifth and final season. So definitely put that on your radar and consider catching up because it's it's a very worthwhile show. I had Q Into the Storm on my midway list. I, I'm leaving it in the honorable mentions here just because, you know, I may, maybe feel like it's a little less urgent than I felt halfway through the year. But, like, I can't deny the rabbit hole mm-hmm. that that show took me on. And I, I, I don't think I was as obsessed with the conclusion of any show this year as I was with that one. And Art, I'm a little surprised to hear you didn't mention Curb, season 11. Larry, funny as ever. He is. Just just doing his thing. He is. Having fun, being rude. He's crazy. Can't tell him what to do. Um, lot, lots of soon-to-be classic episodes on the latest season. It's just always funny. Ashandas! Ashandas. <laughs> anyway, so those are my honorable mentions. But let's talk about the best show of 2021. Succession. Art, I know you put it at number two, but come on. What tell me about <laughs> why this show is just dominating. It, it's the it's got the title belt, yeah. I think, for TV I right so. now. I was looking at the ratings on the final episodes. I think it goes nine point three for the first one. And then in season two they had a, a very, very good uh nine point eight. And I'm staring at a nine point nine for the episode titled All the Bells Say. Ooh. And it really is. Uh, I would like to just shout out the penultimate episode because I think that that one is probably one of the mm. best. Uh, personally, it's still one of my favorite episodes, if not my favorite episode that they've ever done. Because you really get into the psyche of each of the characters and where Shiv's not only talking to her mom and you realize a lot of the backstory about how they're treated with their fathers. Uh, also, mm-hmm. a lot of 
Shiv being Shiv since she was a little kid. Uh, you get to see a lot of Roman in there and the way that he finagles his way into trying to, you know, get the business started. Um, uh, overall, I think that's just a fantastic episode. But I think what everyone was really hyping up for this one was something that we didn't see coming. And in an unrelated note, I just want to mention the best part of the season, which was a character that was never in my top five and just absolutely blew me away. Easily the best Wom's character this hive. season. I could not believe it. What, you know, what's a soul? <laughs> what's a soul, Zach? I would 100% love to see more of him in season four uh, because he quickly became not just the best one, but I think the most intriguing one. And I'm surprised that as quick as a lot of nominations are coming out, that he's not being in consideration because that's like his performance in this season is just as good, if not better than the ones that have won for previous characters in previous seasons. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. He killed it. Yeah. uh, Matthew McFadden has to be nominated for an Emmy, if not winning. Like I will not stand for anything less. Um, Amanda, I have you how recently have you been succession build because I don't think we've had a chance to talk about uh, it yet. like literally like under two weeks what? yeah yeah what what tell me about the experience because I I'm jealous I want to go How's back your portfolio? I, just, I watched it all I just watched it all in a flurry and you're just going through and it's like some people are like it's actually really funny because unrelated I was somewhere in New York and somebody was just talking about how like they couldn't watch it because nobody's nice and i'm like that might be the point ma'am but that's okay (laughs) it's like you don't necessarily have to find someone directly to root for it's just fun to watch these people be like fucking terrible and constantly be like chewing themselves apart and then occasionally getting to like look into like why different people are different ways uh and like how they've become how they are and it's just it's a fucking whirlwind constantly and just like great performances across mm-hmm. the board from everybody involved and you never really quite know where it's going to go next and yeah it's a good time yeah and it's just the sharpest writing mm. on tv too i mean mm-hmm. endlessly quotable and so funny just like all these all these knives they stab into each other it, it's so much fun you know, I think it's a show that it's it, like it can be called the best comedy on TV. It could call be called the best drama on TV. It gives you both because the the up and down nature of these relationships and the shifting power dynamics are so compelling. But be, beyond it all, it makes me laugh more than any other show. Ro- Roman's unfortunate text message. Oh God! <laughs> Just. My mouth, I don't know if my mouth has has come back up. I know, I was like, oh my god. (laughs) It's the best episode they've ever done. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's unreal. It's so good. It's been the best show for a couple seasons Mm -hmm. now, and I think it's going to continue to be. It's actually going to be very curious to see what happens next year when we get a whole bunch of other shows back and like how how they're going to fight for dominance, but it feels like succession is just kind of the one to be mm-hmm. like it, it's working on every level right now. The acting is unreal. The writing is amazing. The, just the, the production design of it too, that they're able to do these like globe trotting European vistas and one beautiful locales yeah. that are only available to the 0.01%. It, it's, it's just such a fun show to watch, even if it is 
the worst people in the world. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. All right. So that are those are the best TV shows of 2021. I don't know if either of you have taken a look at what 2022 has to offer in terms of TV uh, and if there's anything that stands out to either of you, but there's a lot of exciting stuff, a lot of stuff returning that I know we're going to all watch stuff like Euphoria. We'll be back in January for its second season. Atlanta (laughs) finally coming back for season three, trying to snatch that title belt from succession. Uh, Ozark is going to wrap up with its fourth and final season. Better Call Saul is going to wrap up with its fifth, or maybe sixth and final season. Something beef. Uh, the boys will be back for season three. We're going to get House of the Dragon on HBO, Lord of the Rings on Amazon Prime. It's going to be a big year. The Obi-Wan Kenobi show. I'm sure there's some other Marvel shows that people are excited <laughs> for. Mar- Amanda, is there a good show? I don't know if it's, I don't know, good, but I know Ms. Marvel's on the way. And yeah, we'll see. Moon Knight with the boys from Moon the Knight. Endless. Moon Knight, yeah, Moon Knight. Yo! Moon Knight, hopefully Ethan that isn't Hawk, hopefully flipping they don't Oscar that Isaac. up. Oh. Yeah. Is there, is there any show from that group that stands out to you as your, the show you cannot wait to come back, Amanda? Euphoria. I'm really ready to see yeah. where they go with Euphoria. Damn. The Boys. The Boys Season 3. Very oh, excited yeah. for The Boys Season 3. Yeah. How about you, Art? Uh, out of all of those, easily Euphoria, but I'd also want to toss Marvelous Mrs. Maisel that we're supposed to be getting back as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Uh, I believe Killing Eve. I don't know if you mentioned that. I know that's a big one that people are excited for. Season 4? Um, oh, I yeah. thought that was no, done. I mean, it's it's going to be stacked, yeah. dude. Cool. We're finally getting that Halo show on Paramount+. Plus. We're getting Gaslit. With Julia Roberts and Sean Penn from Sam Esmail on Paramount Plus. Wait, what? Uh, what? Was it? Run that one back? Based on the Slow Burn podcast. <laughs> who and who and where? Julia Roberts, Sean Penn. I think Sam Esmail is either producing or directing, oh, but I think he's bro, directing. Don't mess with me like that. That's a big difference. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pam and Tommy, which we've been seeing so many leaks of. Yeah, Pam and Tommy. And then uh, the show that I, I can't believe I didn't mention it already, Barry oh, man. is coming back. So a lot of exciting stuff on the horizon for TV in 2022. But I think that just about does it for this week's show. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd, at ZShevich. Amanda, where can people find more from you? You can find me on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch occasionally, Instagram, and a lot of other places, all at Amanda the Jedi. Art, how about you? You can find me over at Elmi Explain on Twitter, on the Letterboxd, on the YouTube, (laughs) and every week here on the Intercut Podcast. You can catch every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. I like Overcast. And then make sure you subscribe not just to the audio feed, but to the video feed as well at YouTube.com slash IntercutPod, where you can catch our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment. Find new episodes of Intercut every Monday. And please leave us a comment. Shout, shout us out. You know, like the video. Do all those things. Consider heading over to iTunes to give us that much-requested five-star review and shout out to our listeners in Poland and the Netherlands for putting us on the TV and film podcast charts out there. Is Netherlands like Ukraine in that it's not, you're not supposed to say like the Ukraine and you're not supposed to say the the Netherlands or can I say the Netherlands? I don't really know. Correct me in the comments down below. (laughs) Leave a five-star review and ask. 
Don't yeah, yeah leave off. a five-star review and let me know the proper way to talk about the nether. Maybe I should be saying Holland. Maybe. Yeah. It's, it's one of those weird ones that has multiple names, yeah. too. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to call the entire country of Holland weird. It's just, I'm just trying to figure it out. The You're name. Take you know, trying to get to the bottom of it. I'm not trying to, to use the wrong, wrong uh, nomenclature. Um, like our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. Support our Patreon. All of them are at Intercut Pod to get updates throughout the week from Art, from me, from Amanda, from everybody that we feature here on Intercut. And also join us on the Discord, which you can find a link to in the description down below. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, what am I going to do with a soul anyway? Souls are boring. <laughs> I might have used that one on a live stream, but it's so good. I don't have to use it again. (laughs)